0: Samme
1: mich, leb aufschein in video, wie scheißen runter so, bei ihn los jetzt hier, in good evening.
0: Thanks for coming. First, before we begin, I'd like to invite the entire community to a really, really, really special event. Next week, Wednesday night, that is the 21st of February, we are going to have a pre-Adar celebration. Being that the month of Adar is coming, and Adar is a time of simcha of joy, so if we prepare ourselves for the joy... Just like everything needs a hachana, everything needs a preparation. So when one prepares themselves for the joy, um, then they have a much greater chance to actually experience joy and happiness. And we need so much happiness. You know, there's so much in the negative that goes on Um, in our community. There were so few people that just I know just in the past week that had passed away um, primarily our dear friend uh, um, Schwartzy, Shlomo Schwartz and others so um, we can't allow these negativity to bring us down because that's not good for their souls and that's not what God wants and that's not we have to fight back with positivity and with happiness and we know that they are also in a happy place and they, they help us in our simcha so I'd like to invite everybody for a great event next week Wednesday night we are having the the um, group simply tzvat. Uh, they are powerful. They are great. Our dear friend Schwartzie is been buried in tzvat, and that's the place where he's so deeply connected. So this is a group coming from tzvat. So um, I feel it's very appropriate. And they literally last year they were here and they were fantastic. So I'd like to. Invite everybody next week, Wednesday night. Awesome event, music, celebration on Wednesday. Simply Tzvat here at Mayon. I think beginning either at 7.30 or 8.00. I don't have the flyer in front of me. Uh, check it out on our email. Look it up on our on our, um, on our our website. Um, if you pre-order a ticket, it's considerably less than if you pay by the door. So a good thing that you make a reservation. Go on our website. Mayon.com, really, really, really a joyous evening. I guarantee you that you will leave next week Wednesday night happier, much happier when you leave than when you came. So I'm excited. Again, simply Tzvat, next week, Wednesday night. Tonight's sheer dedications. I'd like to thank Rabbi Avram Plotkin. And he dedicated tonight's class in honor of his father, Rabbi Yitzchak Ben Rebnachum Tzvi. May his Nushama have a super, super, super great aliyah to the greatest of heights. Another dedication, and be mashpia, lots of brachas to you. His yard site is going to be on Wednesday, the 19th of Shvat. May he channel lots of brachas to you and to your family for gesund and good health and parnasah, brachava, and shiduchim for the children, and only, only happiness, and nachas from the children and grandchildren. Only, only the best for you and your wife and your family. Another dedication tonight was an anonymous dedication, Ah, oh, Baruch Hashem, in honor of Basi Mish birthday, Mazel Tov to you, I was going to send you a, a text wishing you a bracha, but I didn't want you to know that there is a dedication, in any case, Mazel and bracha to you, a really good year, a wonderful good year for you, and uh, a lot, a lot of good things this year, Be'ezus Hashem, happy, happy occasions. Lots of lots of lots of good things to celebrate. Ezra Hashem, a great year of prosperity. Be'gashmius, the beruchnius. Another dedication this week was by Zalman and Esther Roth, and this is in honor of Mrs. Y- um, uh, um, Roth's mother's yortzites, which her name is Sheva Bas Yitzchak Isaac. The yard site is on the 21st day of Shvat on Friday, I think. May her nisham have the greatest, greatest aliyah to the greatest of light, heights. Mashpia lots and lots of brachas. And I didn't write this down, but I had it in mind, and I don't have the paper in front of me, but I know you have two children who have birthdays this week. Menachem Mendel is one, and the other one is a girl. I just don't remember the name. So please, uh, we'll, may, may Hashem give both of them. Hashem does know her name. Um, and give them both a wonderful, wonderful good year mazel and only blessings and only, only good things uh, to the entire family and your mother's neshama should have a great aliyah and she should channel lots of blessings to your whole mishpacha for all the blessings possible in the material and in the spiritual thanks so much for the dedication this week um, is such a powerful parsha, Parshas Yisro, and we read the Ten Commandments. Hashem gives the Jewish people the Torah. The fourth commandment in the Ten Commandments is the mitzvah of Shabbos. As it says, remember the day of Shabbos, to make it holy. Six days you should work. You should do all your work. V'yayimashvian on the seventh day, Shabbos la Shemelokech. It's Shabbos, Tashem, ta your God. Loysasa cholmelocha, don't do any work. Out to you, avincha, and your sons, avitecha, and your daughters, avdecha, your servants, v'amoscha, and your maidservants, v'ahemtecha, and your animals, v'gercha, shabesharecha, and the converts who live amongst you. Kisheshes yamim, osa, shem, esa or gercha, I'm not sure as converts, gercha over here can mean those who live amongst you, uh, that are Gentiles who live amongst you, who are accepted upon themselves to keep the mitzvahs. This is what it's referring to. Not to keep the mitzvahs. they accepted upon themselves to keep uh, uh, the, uh, it's called the ger tosh, of someone who's living in the land of Israel and ex- abiding by the laws against idolatry and uh, seven laws. That's called ger. And you're not allowed to ask him to do work for you. That's what it's referring to. In any case, kishay Yama Masah ha'shem, because six days God made the heaven and the earth, the sea and everything that's in it, and Hashem rested on the seventh day. And therefore He blessed this day. That's why Hashem blessed this day when He made it holy. If you read the Pasuk, this is the instruction, we spoke last week a little bit of about Shabbos in relationship to the month. I'd like to continue a discussion about Shabbos. Uh, when you read the pasuk, you see such affection, such such a deep relationship. It's not a cold commandment coming from God. I'm giving you instructions. I don't want you to take a day of rest for whatever reason. It's you see in the pasuk that Hashem is saying, "You, as my people, should be synchronized with me. You are so connected. You are so deeply one with me, and therefore." I rest, you rest. We are in the same family. This is the way it's done in our family. We rest on the seventh day. And we know Shabbos is called an ois. It's a sign of the great love that exists and bond that exists between the Jew and Hashem. We know that any Gentile who keeps Shabbos halachically is punishable by death. It's such a serious violation of the unique relationship that there is between God and Israel, God and the Jewish people. So we have to cherish Shabbos and realize how, how, how lucky we are that we have Shabbos. Now, in observance of Shabbos, because God observes Shabbos, uh, we understand that our observance is supposed to be similar to God's observance. That's why we have to follow what halacha tells us in how to keep Shabbos. We ought to follow the halachic rules in Shabbos. We can't decide what means to rest because the halacha is deriving and connecting it To the way God rests Only creative work And so on and so forth Which is constitutes Because our, our resting on Shabbos Is again to be synchronized with God God rests, we rest Now um, We know that when God created the world God didn't really create the world By doing any activity Hashem created the world by speaking. He spoke the world into existence. We read that, we become familiar with that, right when we begin in Bereshus, in Genesis, right when we read the story of creation, we hear how God creates the world, and everything is through speech. Let there be light. God says, Let the earth sprout forth grass, trees, and so forth, vegetation, and so forth. Every single thing that God created all came about through speech. Um, If we are keeping Shabbos and we are aligning ourselves with God, so then shouldn't our rest be similar to Hashem's resting? And if Hashem is resting, Hashem didn't do any activities to create the world. He created the world through speech. So shouldn't our resting also be similar to the way God created the world? And that is similar to God's resting that we should refrain from speech. But we know an interesting thing. The halacha, biblically, what we call minha Torah or midda eraisa, which means according to the Torah law, there's no prohibition against any kind of speech on Shabbos. You can say anything on Shabbos. I mean, of course, the same kind of restrictions you have during the week about not telling Allah, you're not speaking vulgar or whatever, things like that, lashan hara gossip and the like will apply in Shabbos as well but other than that you would be allowed to speak anything business and the like everything about doing a project no problem at all because biblical law does not prohibit it so we need to understand that why is there no prohibition biblically against speaking on Shabbos if we are being similar to Hashem and the way Hashem is resting if the Torah wouldn't tell us to keep Shabbos because He's resting then then uh, keeping Shabbos, keep Shabbos, okay? So he doesn't want us to do work on Shabbos. Work, it's physical labor, so we don't do it. But since the Torah gives a reason, and he says, why shouldn't we keep Shabbos? Why should we keep Shabbos? And that he rested on the seventh day. So he's requiring us to be Godlike. He rested, we rest. So then, shouldn't our resting be reflecting God's resting and that we shouldn't talk? Now, rabbinically, there is a prohibition against talking business on Shabbos one may not discuss all the things we're not allowed to do on Shabbos we're not supposed to discuss doing them during the weekday you may not see, say, you know what, let's sit down let's have a meeting on Shabbos let's discuss, a person can't sit with a building contractor and discuss the home that they're building, how, what, where and when you're not allowed to do that on Shabbos you're not allowed to talk any kinds of business person may not have meetings, business meetings you're not doing anything, you're just talking with your clients about what you're buying, what you're selling you're not allowed to talk business on Shabbos. But that is rabbinic, that is not uh, biblical. So first of all, the first question tonight is, why would we not be allowed? Why should we be allowed to talk anything on Shabbos min Torah if we're supposed to keep Shabbos in the same way Hashem keeps Shabbos? Now, let's analyze a little deeper, why are we not allowed to talk on Shabbos business? So it's interesting. Chazal learned it out from a pasuk in Yeshaya, where it says over there, It talks over there about keeping Shabbos, and and that one of the things it says on Shabbos is You should refrain from going to find. Mitzay means to make available. to go be occupied. with your desires. Shabbos you ought to pull back from things that are your desires. Therefore, and. V'daber davar, and speaking words. V'daber davar. So one is told that on Shabbos, you're not supposed to talk. So again, we said before, uh, it's still not, it's not biblical. Even though we do find a m- mucker, we find a source in what's called Divrei Kabbalah. We find a source in the Navi, in the prophets. Prophets is called Divrei Kabbalah. Yet that's not called biblical. Biblical is only when you find it in the Chumash, in the Ereisa. So, we don't find that. So that's one idea that one is now Let us speak. Shaloi Yehei, and the Chazal use these words, Shaloi deburach be Shabbos kediburach Your talk, your speech on Shabbos should not be like your speech during the weekday. Different kind of speech. Fine, so you can't speak the same kind of things that you would talk on Shabbos. Now, however, um, there is another Pasuk in which the sages hinge the prohibition against talking on Shabbos one that's actually found in the Chumash itself actually in the Pasuk that I mentioned earlier we said the Pasuk ha-shavii shabbos on the day of Shabbos should be a rest day for God so I'm going to read to you a little passage in the Jerusalem Talmud in Talmud Yerushalmi this is in the 15th parak in Masech the Shabbos, 15th chapter, Masech des Shabbos, Mishneh Gimel. So in the Gemara, on Mishneh Gimel, in, 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 in Talmud, in Jerusalem Talmud, it says like this, Amar Rabbavuhu, Rabbavuhu says, Shabbos Lashem, Shabbos for God. So this teaches you the word, because Mefarshim say, what does it say, Shabbos Lashem, it's arresting to God, it's arresting to us. She, what does it say earlier? Six days you should do your work, and the seventh day you should rest. And on the seventh day, Shabbos, l'chem, it's a rest day for you. What does it mean, Shabbos Lashem? Resting for God. So Chazal learn out from here, again, this is the Gemara, Rabavu derives from here. When it says Shabbos Lashem, not means that it's a resting for God, but you should rest like God. Shabbos Lashem. You should rest like Hashem rests. What does that mean? Just like when Hashem rested on Shabbos, He rested from speech, because that's how God created the world. God created the world with speech. So to you, rest from speech. So what do we have over here? A clear reason for keeping Shabbos. The question I asked before, why is there no biblical commandment against Shabbos? Um, against speaking business on Shabbos, if that's the way God rested, the answer is the Jerusalem Talmud is saying there's some kind of prohibition. Now, again, the commentators say this does not mean that speaking business on Shabbos is biblically, biblically prohibited. It's not. It's just a smach. A smach means we find like a remez, we find a hint to it in the Torah, but the Yushalmi is not stating that it's a biblical prohibition. But, but what do you see from here? That the idea, that the reason why one should refrain from talking business in Shabbos is because it's similar to God where Hashem created the world and Hashem refrained from speaking. Now let's take a look, the Yerushalmi, take it a step further. Is there any problem with thinking about work on Shabbos? If speech is prohibited, do we take that a step further and question thinking business on Shabbos or Thinking about things that you need to get done during the week, are you allowed to think about them on Shabbos? So interesting, last week I mentioned that it says the sages say that on Shabbos you're supposed to be completely stress free, no anxiety, no worry, all it should be in your mind, all your work is done. But last week I told you that that's because not that that's not related to. To the requirement of refraining from work on Shabbos It's not connected to the prohibition against labor Last week I mentioned that that's related to the, there's, a, there's an extra mitzvah called Oneg Shabbos okay, It's also a not a biblical obligation But it's again Divrei Kabbalah it says over there that the Karasal the Shabbos, It says in the Novi, in Yeshaya. It's the same psukam I mentioned earlier. You should call for Shabbos as a day of delight. So mitzad, oneg, Shabbos. If a person is perturbed, you can't delight. You can't uh, really, really, really have pleasure and delight if you're concerned and you worry that things need to get done. But if you can kind of clear your mind as of oh, everything is done, it's all over, there's nothing to do, everything is done, then you can really, really... So that's the mitzvah of Oneg Shabbos. But do we find anywhere that there is an actual relationship? Is there any reason one should hold back and try to not to think of any business on Shabbos? And is that related in any way to the Shabbos rest in which we're not allowed to do work and we have to rest on Shabbos? Well, this is what... The, so the Rishalmi continues. Hear really well what the Rishalmi says. The Jerusalem Talmud continues and it says like this, Maisa b'chassid echad. There is a Maisa, there is a story with a chassid. She yatsa he went to do a teal. Uh, he went to do a, he went to um, take a walk on Shabbos. Shabbos is Shabbos, Shabbos walk. So he went to take a walk and he went through his vineyards. B'chassid. And he, it wasn't because he went to look at his work. At whatever needs to be done, he went for a vineyard. It's beautiful to walk in. So he's taking a nice Shabbos walk in his vineyard. But he noticed that there's a certain area where the fence broke. and he saw pirza achas. He saw one place that needed to be closed up. Shabbos. I'm sorry, um, and he thought, yeah, he thought that after Shabbos is going to be over, whether Matzah Shabbos Saturday night or Sunday, or Monday, whatever, he's going to come back with his workers, and what is he going to do? He's going to fence off this area, so that, wow, it'll be fenced, it won't be, it won't be open. But then he had a thought, and he said, "Omar," he said, then he did tshuva. Again, this was a chassid, this was a pious person. He did tshuva for this. And he said like this, Hoyel Hashafti l'gadra, since I had a thought, that I'm going to fence this off, and when did I have that thought on Shabbos? So he blamed himself for, li- as if he did work on Shabbos. Now the halakha is when you do work on Shabbos, you're not allowed to benefit from that work forever. That's the rule. If you do work on Shabbos, then that which you did on Shabbos, you're not allowed to have any benefit from it. So being that he thought to do it, and again, so in a sense, he considered that thought like an action, and therefore, it was as if he did it on Shabbos. So he said, I'm not going to benefit from this ever. Which means, he decided not, that he's never going to fence this part. He's going to leave it open for him. He's ready to take upon himself all the damage that might come. Thieves, people might come into his vineyard. He said, no is no. Since I had a thought to close it on Shabbos, I'm not doing it. Um, I'm never doing it again. That's it. I'm leaving it open. who did God pay him back? A branch from another tree somehow came up and went up and grew out in that place. So it basically became self-fenced because a, a, a tree came and grew up in that place and blocked that area. Not only that, it was a very—it was a blessed tree with delicious fruit. It's called slaf, whatever the fruit is. The God reshamimeno and it fenced it off, and he had parnasa. He had livelihood from what? From that tree that grew up in that place. I guess maybe it was known as very special fruit and he was able to sell it and make a living. And from him, the rest of his life, from that which God came and filled that break in the fence. That's what the Gemara says in Yerushalmi. The same Gemara the Gemara says also in Talmud Bavli. In in, 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 our, in our Talmud, Talmud Babli, the Babylonian Talmud Which we follow more halachically So why am I quoting the Talmud Yerushalmi To support what I'm saying Is because there's a difference In Talmud Bavli, it, it brings the story as an independent thing Just to show you that one should be careful Even about thinking business on Shabbos Don't, Again, there's nowhere that it says That if you thought to do something then you're never allowed to do it It just brings you a story That this is what this chassid did doesn't tell you, that, you have to, that that should be the way you uh, re- react, that if you thought, you're what allowed to do it. But again, it brings a story, both Bavli and Yerushalmi. The difference is only that in Bavli, it brings it just plain as a story. In Yerushalmi, it brings it in continuation to the prohibition against speaking on Shabbos. And over there it says, it has to do with Shabbos Lashem. That you, your resting on Shabbos has to be similar to God's resting. God rests on Shabbos, you should rest on Shabbos. God rests on speech, you should rest from speech. Hold it. Does God think the world on Shabbos or not? Does God rest on Shabbos from thought? Or He doesn't rest? Does Hashem think business on Shabbos? Hashem's business is the world. Does Hashem think business, which means the world, creation on Shabbos? So here's an interesting thing. Where does creation take place? Does creation take place, we mentioned earlier, creation happens through God's speech. Ten utterances. Nivra Does Hashem create anything from thought? I'd like to read to you, obviously. Uh, let's dig a little bit into a more Kabbalistic thing. Take a look at um, the Shar Hayichud V'amunah, which is the second Chelak, the second portion of the Holy Book of Tanya. Over there, he speaks about two different types of worlds. There is what's called Almondi Izgallion. It's based on what it says in Pasach yohu, which is a passage of the Zohar. Which in the Zohar, it says there is two level, two types of worlds. Almondi Isgalyan, revealed worlds. Revealed worlds means physical, tangible worlds, or worlds that they are revealed, meaning worlds that exist as an independent entity from God. God created them And continues to create them But they experience themselves Outside of Hashem That's called revealed worlds And then there's another thing Another type of world Called almond steamen, Concealed worlds And these are worlds That exist Deep, deep, deep In Hashem They're, they're, they're mamish a creation They're worlds But they're very, very, very much Unified with their creator Okay That's called almond steamen. So hear these words Hold on. Um, let me read the words. The words of the Tanya. This is in chapter 11 in Shara Yehud Vemun, if you want to look it up. All the life, the and powers, that are drawn forth from God's holy emotions, to the, to the lower world, to create them. Because when God creates the world, He creates them with excitement, with emotions. As we know, there are seven seven spheros, which are all the divine emotions. One of them is chesed, kindness. The other one is gavurah and, 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 and strictness, and the like. And Hashem creates from these emotions. Shei, yam, Hashem. The seven, six days that Hashem creates are the six emotions. Each one is an active. <coughs> but the emotions are still... When a person experiences an emotion... An emotion takes place inside the world of an emotion takes place inside the world of the one that is feeling. It's not taking place when you have an emotion, only you know it. No one else knows it. So in order for someone else to become aware of your emotion, you have to, or at least they know you can be aware of someone's emotions. If they're running around the wall banging the walls, you're aware of the emotion, but you have no idea what it is. So they have to speak it, they have to communicate it. So, how does the emotions come forth to create? So, to create them, from nothing to something, to enliven them and to sustain them. So, the energy that comes forth from God's emotions to create and sustain the world, they're called letters. Hashem uses letters, all the energy. Obviously, that's what he's trying to give you a more refined sense of God's speech. Because we're, obviously we're not talking about speech like us. The words are not the same kind of words that we're used to, that we know of. But we can get an idea. And what is the idea? Just like when you have an emotion and a feeling, and you want to express that, someone else can, be, can know about it, you, you, you bring it into words. And the words take the emotion and give it form. Give it some kind of a tangible something to be able to communicate. it, Even to yourself. Sometimes you have a feeling and you don't even know what that feeling is. Sometimes you, you, you say you wake up and you're, tz, and you're tzeredet. It's a word in Yiddish, Tsuridet. What's the word in English? You're just antsy. You, and and, you, and you, you know there's a lot of emotion going on but you, still, and you need to calm down and you need to be able to think it through. And what are you doing when you're thinking it? You're bringing this energy, this turmoil, this deep turmoil that's going on in you. It can be a happy turmoil, it can be a not such happy turmoil, it's just a confusion. And you will let it filter through into letters, into words. And when you're thinking it in icy ice, uh, that's when you're becoming more, it's organizing itself. And you're becoming more aware of yourself, of what your emotions are and what's going on. So, just like in the human experience... The 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 um, the expression of something comes through oisiyos, comes through letters. The same is also when God, His emotions come down come, come to a state of expression, they also come out in a letter of oisiyos. B'shem they're called holy letters. And what are they? Hamshaches These are drawing forth of energy. Miritzein will. And Fanashem's wisdom. And Fanashem's midos. to enliven the worlds. and to to, no, I'm sorry, to bring into being the worlds. to enliven them. Mine Olamos. But now it continues, there's two types of worlds. There's almond steam in Deloya's Gallian. There is concealed worlds that are not revealed. These concealed worlds that are not revealed. <coughs> they come into being, the chayim, the Kayomim, and they're alive and they're sustained. From hidden powers, hidden Kochos, and things that are being drawn forth, but they're being drawn forth in a hidden state. I'll give an example to that. What does it mean drawing something forth in a hidden state? Is your thoughts. When you're drawing forth a thought from your emotion, and you're crystallizing the emotion in your thought, it's still considered concealed because only you know what you're thinking. No one else knows. It's happening inside of you. So it's called ne'lamos, it's concealed. Same, and he says, like the letters of thought, that is in a person's neshama, so when God thinks letters in his thoughts, it creates worlds, but those worlds exist where? so to speak, in Hashem's mind. It's different than by us. Because when you, and we're going to see in a minute, when I or you are thinking thoughts, these, these creations or whatever it is that we're thinking, we're not creating anything in our thought. We're thinking about stuff in our thought, but you're not really creating a true reality, a true existence. By God, He's actually bringing worlds, entire universes into existence. They're real, they exist. But they're existing, so to speak, inside of him, as part of him. But they're really existing. So he's creating in thought. Next, the almond is galleon. Then there's another level of osios. These are osios of speech, letters of speech, which they create and bring forth, almond is galleon, revealed worlds. Nivru, so the revealed worlds, Nivru, they are created, the Chaim, and they live me from the revelation it is revealed these kochos and these hidden hanekros b'shem osios they're called osios first they're in thought when they become further further revealed they become more as we so to speak more physical more tangible that they can be revealed so to speak outside of Hashem and when they reveal to, re- to create revealed worlds. Now again, there's no such a thing as outside of Hashem. It means to those who will experience themselves as if they're outside of God, that's called speech, comes out according to this, that if you look at creation as a whole, there's two levels in creation. There is revealed worlds that we know, and there's much deeper realities. And they're not in any way less than our existence. Not only aren't they less than our existence, these worlds are so much more powerful. They're so much more magnificent than our worlds because they're, they're so much closer to the Creator and God's light radiates in them in such a powerful way, these concealed, elevated worlds. Now when we say when Shabbos, Hashem rested in His creation, He stopped creating, must be, He stopped all of His creation. He stopped creating the physical, tangible world. He also stopped creating these mystical, um, um, abstract worlds. He ceased. He rested. He pulled out from creating. Must be that God also rested, not just from speech, but also from thought. And even though, even though, this is a very important idea, it does say, and I mentioned it in earlier classes in the past, that on Shabbos, we asked the question... How can it be that God stops creating? What does that mean that Hashem stops creating? We know that creation is a continuous thing. Creation is not a one-time thing. Because the creation without the creator doesn't exist. So the fact that the creator has to be continuously involved in creating the creation. If that's the case, that Hashem is... The words of God are continuously speaking the world. If we say that Hashem rests, it means He stopped talking. If He stopped talking, how does the world exist? On Shabbos. How is there a creation? How is there anything? If God stops speaking the light into existence, light loses its existence to, to completely. Anything else, it all ceases to be. What does it mean that Hashem stops? So we once explained that on Shabbos Hashem is not speaking the world, on Shabbos Hashem is thinking in the world into existence. Which means the world, our physical world, rises to a much higher place, to a place of thought according to that we're saying clearly that even though Hashem stops speaking, He doesn't stop thinking. Because chas if God would stop thinking the creation, poof, everything would go into nothingness. So how is it that I'm saying now that if Hashem creates the world, that there are worlds that are originally created in thought, then you'll have to say that in those worlds, if Hashem continues just to think them, then there's no change in those worlds between weekday and Shabbos. That means that the only change and where there is a change between weekday and Shabbos is in the more physical worlds, The more physical expressed worlds, Which usually deriving their energy from God's speech are now elevated to receive the, the energy from a more subtle type of energy from the energy of thought. But what happens with the spiritual world? They remain on the same level Shabbos and in the weekday? That doesn't make any sense. So we have to say that on Shabbos Hashem rests even from thought. How does it fit with what I said earlier? And the answer is... That in thought itself, there is three levels. There is thought, there is machshava sheba machshava, thought of thought, dibur sheba machshava, speech of thought, and ma'isab of sheba machshava, an action of thought. That means things, there's no, whenever you're speaking, in, especially in Kabbalah, Chasidus, whenever you're speaking of levels, we often understand that things are extremely, extremely layered and intricate. So sometimes we learn things and we're painting with a very wide brush. But when we get into the, into the finer, we, 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 we realize there's a lot of nuances. And the idea is as follows. And we'll give an example from the human experience. Thought of thought, thought of thought is when you're thinking something and you're not even aware that you're thinking. You're learning something, you're hearing something new, something brilliant, something wow. And you're so lost in the thought, you're not even aware that you're thinking, meaning you don't even hear any words, you're just experiencing whatever it is, the emotion, you're experiencing the concept, the richness of the concept, and you don't even sense any words. Just p. Then that's called thought of thought. That thought is these letters, they're, they're not even noticed, they're one with the concept. Speech of thought is when you're later, after you like kind of are not, after you've kind of you're rehashing something that you've experienced an idea and you're thinking about the experience so then you can hear that you're going to hear you're going to hear crunching of words in your brain because you're already you're already speaking it it's words the concept is now in words it's not the pure light of whatever the subject was you're hearing already and it's interesting in thought of thought it doesn't make a difference if you if you are if you speak spanish you speak english you speak chinese russian doesn't make a difference which language you speak in thought of thought the experience is all the same by everybody because there's no words there it's pure an idea and an idea is the same idea 2 plus 2 equals 4 in Spanish and English the concept is a concept in every language it's only in the way where the words that we're using once you're rehashing, once you're reviewing it already in speech of thought that's when you're hearing letters and when you're hearing letters you can either think in English, you can think in Spanish, depends which language you, you, you speak. And that's what your thought is going to be. Then there's another level. And that is a level when you're thinking, how are you going to say something? How are you going to transmit something? How are you going to give something over to someone else? Then you're taking the words and you're making much more of a to-do of the words themselves. Because then you're really thinking, what words am I going to use in this class? How am I going to say this? That's called action of thought. Not speech of thought, action of thought. When we say that God creates the higher worlds in thought, we mean, usually during the week, the worlds of thought, it means action of thought. Asiyah sheba machshava. In machshava, in thought, Hashem is crystallizing the letters in His thought to a more tangible state. And he's created. He didn't speak them. That means it never left his mouth. It's still inside of him. But these letters, these words are very fermented. They're very, very developed. And that's why what what comes out of it is a world. Not God. It's a world. When we say that on Shabbos, Hashem stops thinking, because He stops the creative process. So if Hashem stops the creative process, He's not speaking the world. He's not even thinking the world. But yet we said on Shabbos that Hashem does think the world. Hear what happens. Hear the greatness of Shabbos. Shabbos, everything goes back to thought of thought. That means not only is Hashem thinking us into existence of Shabbos, He's thinking us in a level that the letters are not even letters. The words are totally lost in His pleasure in Himself. And we are part, we're completely We're elevated so high. Even the physical creation, even us down here in the physical world, are elevated into God's thoughts. But the thought as it is so one with the emotion, or so one with the idea, these letters are not even letters, which means that our identity of Shabbos is just God. Because we're so one with Him. But on Shabbos, but whatever it is, back to what we were saying earlier, Hashem does rest on Shabbos, even from thought. If that's the case, I begin with, take you back to the question. What's the question? How come Shabbos biblically, if Hashem rests from from doing, Hashem rests from speaking, and Hashem rests from thought, or even better, Hashem doesn't do, there's no maisa, there's no action. So Hashem is really resting from speech and from achshava. And we are supposed to align ourselves with God on Shabbos. So if that's the case, why do we find... Why do we find this differentiation? What's the differentiation that we find? We say like this. Biblically, the way we rest, that we find like this. According to the Torah, min torah our Shmir is Shabbos. How do you keep Shabbos? What do you need to do on Shabbos in order to keep Shabbos? You're not allowed to do work, but you're allowed to speak. Come the rabbis, and the rabbis prohibit, and they say you're not allowed to even speak on Shabbos. But that's it. The rabbis prohibited speech. The rabbis did not prohibit thought. Now we go to the bot. we said. However, Midas Hasidus, that means that Shalmi teaches us about the chasid. There is a Midah, there is someone who wants to be a Hasid. Someone who's an elevated human being. Someone who's a, a Hasid means he goes beyond the letter of the law. Wants to really connect to God. Someone like him should be careful not even to think about work, any work on Shabbos. So we need to understand, why is that? If Hashem rests from all three, why is it that by us, the rule is different? We're only resting from action, we're not resting from doing, from speech. Rabbis, however, came along and said we have to rest from, from, from speech, but even on a higher level of sensitivity, we need, we, we, as, as a pious act on Shabbos, we shouldn't, even, um, we shouldn't even think about work on Shabbos. So understand this, The Tzemach Tzedek in Or HaTorah, uh, third Chabad Rebbe, gives a very... He brings this question. He gives an answer from the Panam Yafais, Rappin Chizbal Hafla, one of the great students of the Maggit, the one who authored the book of the Makna, and the Hafla. And he writes, uh, his answer is... Because he had the basic question. The question that I asked earlier. If God rested from speech, why are we resting from action? So he says, because we are living in the world of Asiel, meaning we're we are we are gods even though God spoke us into existence, but the type of beings that we are are creatures that were made. We're not living in a world of speech, we're living in a world of concrete existence. Therefore our Shvisa is in in, in our reality, which is a, a world of the tzaddik doesn't like that answer. And the truth is I have to Say this. I didn't have upon him Yafis today at hand to, to look up and get clear in his answer what he is saying. But the tzemach brings brings just where I got from looking just briefly. And then he says, I gives a different explanation. He gives two explanations, but when, we're running late and I don't want to give his first explanation. Go to his second explanation. Fascinating explanation. Just simple. Very simple. He says the reason why if God rested from speech, why are we resting from activity? He says very simple. Why don't, why don't we biblically have to rest from speech? Very simple, he says. Because by Hashem, By Hashem, it's a medrash. Where God, when I, in when in Bereshit, it says that Hashem told Avram Avinu, I'm giving you the land. So for God, His speech is considered an action. It's done. Why? Because when Hashem speaks, He creates. God's speech is all-powerful. And when Hashem says, let there be something, He doesn't have to take out His toolbox a hammer and a screwdriver and a chisel and a, and, a, and a hatchet or whatever else in order to create anything. God created everything through speech. So His debor, his speech is considered action. Therefore, when God tells us to rest, he's telling us to rest similar to him. He did an action. Even though he used speech, but the effect, let's not look at what he did, but let's look at the effect of what he was doing. The effect of what God did was an action. He created stuff. Physical stuff. And on Shabbos, he's resting from that pu'ula, from that effect of creating stuff. Now, how do we create stuff? We were also given the ability to create stuff. Not in the same way like God. We can't create yesh I, and ex nihilo, something from nothing. We can create only when we have something. We can make something else out of it. But even that, which we do, we need to use an action to do so. By thinking that you want your house painted, it's not going to be painted. Or by even speaking and saying it, tell your wall in your house to become purple, or lavender, or whatever color it is, it's not going to happen. From you can't, Just speaking it is not going to make it do it. Speak and say, let the light bulb change, it's not going to happen, unless you get on a ladder and you'll change the light bulb. The words don't affect by the human being. The human being is limited. He can only He could, God gave us hands and feet, and through that we make a change in the world around us. So therefore, since God had effect in Asiyah in action, Hashem tells us, you be like me, in the sense that you stop the creative work. But you the way you do it, and me the way I do it. Me the way I do creative work is through speech, I stop talking. You, the way you do creative work is through action, physical labor, you stop physical labor. And with this he explains also the reason why we're not prohibited to speak, to speak, the reason we're not prohibited to speak is because our speech doesn't create anything. Since Hashem created with speech, Hashem stops talking. But we that we don't create with speech don't have to stop talking. We're allowed to talk. If so, he asks the question, so why do the rabbis then prohibit speech? If there's no prohi- nothing wrong with speech, then why do the rabbis prohibit it? So he answers, so if you want to be since after everything is said and done, God did use speech To do this creative labor So because one should be similar to Hashem So that's why the rabbis came And the rabbis said You know, stop, don't, don't talk Even though it's not similar Because our speech doesn't create anything So that's why it's not Biblically prohibited Fine That's the Tzemach answer But really we need to understand If our speech is really not like Hashem's speech And it doesn't create anything So then <laughs> why did the rabbis, yeah, command us? Not, not I mean, he said, because, since God did, but it's not the same. So, why would the rabbis come and the rabbis would give us a prohibition on speech? And yet, even though they give us a prohibition on speech, they don't give us a prohibition on thought. As we said earlier, if you want to be extra holy and you have a super, super sensitivity, then just like God doesn't think on Shabbos the world You also also now shouldn't do that But you don't have, There's no rabbinic So then why? If we're becoming similar to Hashem And the answer to that is as follows We have to take a deeper look A deeper look in See In Thought, speech and action The way Action, action what, what, is, what is in between thought These are three Three Powers that a human being has in order to exercise and to express themselves. What they, who, their ideas, their feelings, their desires into the world. Three ways in which you express yourself. You express yourself through thought, you express yourself through speech, and you express yourself through action. But there's a fundamental difference between the first two and the latter. The first two, thought and speech, is an expression of yourself regarding yourself. The third one is an expression of yourself but you're expressing it in you're having an effect and an impact in something that is outside of you, totally outside of. Right? So if you're doing an action, you're changing something in the reality. There is wood and now the wood became a table because you're a carpenter. There is uh There's a room and the room is now beautifully painted because, Or you built a house You did something, the effect of it Is affecting a reality A reality outside of you In thought and speech You're not impacting a reality outside of you In thought, definitely not No one even knows your thoughts They're happening Even in speech in which others become aware Of what you are saying But still, the speech itself did not, the speech itself did not transform the outside. The speech itself is, okay, I gave my idea, I gave my thought, I think it should be so, but so what? That itself, the fact that I thought it should be so, or even said it should be so, and even if I spoke on a loudspeaker that everybody hears, that I think or say that a building should be built over here, or that this shouldn't happen, or that should happen, it's totally irrelevant to reality, it doesn't happen just because I said so. Because, again, in thought and in speech, I'm expressing myself in regards to me, but not in rega- into something else. Into something else is only an action. However, there is still a big difference. There is still a big difference between thought and speech. In, in their, Because on one hand, you're going to say that thought and speech don't have any impact at all. Um, In the the actual reality Thought and speech don't don't make a difference Outside of yourself it doesn't make a difference But, But there is a difference Between them In terms of How close they are To lead to an action How close are they To lead to an action Thought doesn't lead to any action at all Meaning thought itself Is still extremely abstract Again, definitely If I'm thinking about something Nothing is happening Just because I'm thinking Definitely others cannot respond And do anything Just because I thought about it Zero Doesn't have any impact Now you might say myself If I think about something And I come to a conclusion That what? That I should do so and so If I think about something And then I come to a conclusion That I should do so and so And then later I'll act upon it Here's a very interesting idea. It's not the thought itself that's activating the action. It will. It has to go through speech. You'll say, "What do you mean? I don't always speak about." It. Sometimes people just think about it and they do things. All half the time, most of the time, we do. We think and we do. But here's the thing: even though we don't speak literally, some people do. They think about something, then they talk to themselves, and then they do it. Okay. They say, okay, that's, you know, get embarrassed if, you, if someone catches you doing that, right? Because you're talking to himself. I always talk to myself. But others, are not crazy, don't talk to themselves. Fine. But the truth is, those who do talk, here's the thing, even if you're not physically talking to yourself, your Koach in order for it to come down into Koach HaMaisa, goes through the Koach ha-dibur. You won't actually speak. It But it's descending through the power of Dibur And only through Dibur is it reaching to action But that is for sure, that's all even if we're just talking internal But definitely when we're talking external Your thoughts don't impact an action Speech however, here very clearly Speech however does affect action And speech could lead to action First of all a king Someone who has a have governing power All he has to do is say something and by him saying so-and-so, that's what happens. right? The king has the power to give an edict. And the edict is given in the king, and a, bu- and a bridge is built. An airport is made. New weapons are built. The, the, the army, well, all kinds of things. Things change. A wall is built, right? The king, he said so. He has power. The king said, the ruler said, the governor said, president said, Things are affected by what? By the speech. So things are done. Speech could affect an action. But even, and then the Gemara also says, in regards to impacting, for instance, an animal. uh, In which, because with a human being, I can say something, but it doesn't really impact you unless you decide to hear what I'm saying and, and, and follow my instructions. Usually, I mean a king has full, has full authority But generally, if, if someone says something I hear you, I will decide if I want to listen or not With a king, you can't make that decision If you're going to listen or not, you have to listen, fine But still, it's still a human is still a decision But when it comes to an animal, for instance The Gemara talks about a case where an animal There is a prohibition of stopping an animal from That you're not allowed to muzzle an animal While the animal is threshing grain That's the rule, you have to let the animal eat if a, an ox is out threshing, you're now allowed to muzzle the animal because my muzzling the animal. The Torah says now to, Okay, it's It's maybe that's the reason. Pain for the animal that it has to work in food and it can't eat. So you're now allowed to muzzle the animal while it's doing so. That is the that is the halacha. So the Gemara asks a question. What happens if you didn't muzzle the animal with a muzzle? But every time the animal is ready to put its face down (laughs) into the food and munch, you yell, stop! And the animal pulls away and continues threshing. The Gemara has a question, if that's considered, um, is is that considered muzzling? And will the person get a punishment of Malchus, get lashes? Because if you violate the commandment, you get lashes. If a person did so, does he get lashes? It's Rabbi Yochanan, or Mishlakish. Rabbi Yochanan says it is. They get malchus, they get lashes for it. Why? Because Akima Svasav have a maisa. The reason is because speech is also considered an action. Because the Gemara asks a question hold it. We know that there's never lashes. Here. There's never lashes on a lav she'ain by maisa. On a prohibition that doesn't have an action, there is no lashes. The only way it can be punishable by lashes is if you did an action. There are certain prohibitions, for instance, that don't have, a, don't have an action. Or for instance, you're not allowed to leave over chametz past a certain time. If you left over chametz, you didn't do an action. You just left it, didn't get rid of it. There's no lashes on that. You can't, on something where there's a non-act, you can't get no. Oh, so the Gemara asks, how about, if you didn't, if you muzzle your animal, you did an action. But you didn't muzzle it. You just said so that's not, it's not an action. So the Gemara says, Rabbi Yochanan holds that moving your lips is considered an action. According to that, it would seem to be implying that speech is considered an action. So Tosfus asks a question. Tosfus is a Talmudic uh, commentary on the Talmud. Hold it. If you say, Rabbi Yochanan says, that, that by moving one's lips, that's considered an action. How come Rabbi Yochanan himself says, that here there's a statement of Rabbi and Rabbi Yochanan says Every activity Or every prohibition That doesn't have an action There is no malchus Besides three Again all prohibitions That don't have an action There's no malchus There's no lashes Besides three One of them is If someone swears falsely So then They take an oath Oh So they, they get lashes Even though it's a It's a lav It's a prohibition That doesn't have an action Following it Rabbi Yochanan says This is so Toysus says, hold it. How can you say, I know I'm getting a little tumble here for a few minutes, don't get scared, okay? everybody can follow, it's not a big thing, okay? Again, Rabbi Yochanan says that moving one's lips is considered an action. That's what he says over here, that's why when you stop the animal, it's as if you put a muzzle on a his, on his mouth, you'll get lashes for that. So Toysus asks the question, how can Rabbi Yochanan say that, if Rabbi Yochanan clearly says that things that don't have a miser, so you don't get malchus, four besides three, and one of the things he says in the three is Someone who swears falsely So Tostas asks the question How can you call that, there's no action If he's swearing, it means he's, 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 he's saying words And moving lips is considered an action So Tosis answers a very interesting answer He says this that the Gemara says That moving lips is considered an action Is only in the case of the animal Because when you moved your lips And you told the animal, stop The animal did an action. And it continued threshing. It stopped eating. And it continued threshing. Since your speech led, led, led to the animal to do an action. That's why it's considered an action. What do you see from here? I just want everybody to hear closely. What do you see from here? That there is a concept in halacha. There's a concept of Torah. That speech is considered a leader up to action. Because really, in truth, if you analyze that a little deeper, there's a long halachic, deep discussion about this, and I don't have, we don't have time to go into it, I'm just going to say one, one little point. You can't punish the person on an action of the animal. How do you learn Tosis? How do we understand the statement of Tosis? Do we understand that ptosis is saying that, mm, you know what, moving your lips is not an action. What, what is an action? What is an action? The animal continuing to thresh, that's an action. So right? So that means that I'm getting punished on whose action? The person is getting lashes on the animal's action. That doesn't make any sense. You only get punished on an avera that you did yourself, not the animal. The animal. Secondly, the Gemara says, Rabbi Echen says, Akima So moving your lips is the action. And we're saying, no, 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 it's not that. The answer is, no, 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 no. The answer the Gemara tells what it really means is, it's not that the animal's action is considered the action. No The animal's action Is considered a continuation Of your action Of your speech Speech itself is not an action But since speech Is to a certain degree physical Following Since speech is to a certain degree physical The letters are physical letters They lend themselves Into the next stage of physicality And that is physical activity That means there is an essential difference Between thought and speech in thought, well, let, 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 let me explain it this way. You see, a human being, all of his activities, all of his creativity, and, is in the world outside of him. Okay? Only God, as we spoke earlier, God envelops all, all, all existence, and therefore everything that happens is inside him. Okay? But the human being, an activity, an action, a creative thing, is that takes place outside of him. So therefore, again, how do you affect the outside? Follow. How do you? How how do we? How do we? How do we? How do we we, uh, affect the outside? We affect the outside with a hammer, a toolbox. We zets over here. We bang over here. We clap over here. we, We affect the outside. Fine. Speech. Speech is no, thought is very very abstract. Very abstract. It's purely spiritual. If it's purely spiritual, it doesn't affect the outside. It doesn't affect the outside at all. Nothing. So therefore, what? You can't, it's not, it's not generating action. It's taking place where, deep inside the experience of the thinker, not outside. Fine. Speech is unique. Speech is different. Speech begins to take that spiritual energy and starts giving it some kind of when you put your mouth, neck, when your your hand, your fingers next to your mouth when you're talking, you feel physical movement. You feel breath. There is the letters you're speaking are have some physical substance. That's why you can hear it. When I'm speaking, you can hear it. It can be captured on a on on a on a on a device. It can be captured on the recorder. It can be put onto the CD. It can be put onto something. These are words. These are this is something substance. There is some substance because it's physical. And because it's so therefore it translates the it continues into the action of the animal. So when the animal is doing the action, what Tayswith is saying is that action of the animal is considered a continuation of my action. But only, but only but only speech, not thought. Thought is still too too detached. That the action of the animal should be because con- you really can ask the question well, why did the animal stop, stop threshing? Stop threshing because I said to it, stop. And why did I say stop? Because first I thought stop. Are we going to say that the thinking is also the action? No. Because thinking has no relationship to that external activity. But speech does. So therefore, based on that we see, that even though our speech doesn't create anything, and therefore it's not similar to God's speech, there is a certain similarity in our speech to Hashem's speech, that speech is at least closer to the world of action and it could trigger an action and therefore the speech is considered already slightly the beginning of action, the beginning of an activity. And that's why when the rabbis tell us to refrain, to be similar to God, they say like this, the real prohibition from the Torah is what? Only refraining from physical action. Because that's the way we mamish create, like God creates. That's why you have to refrain from it. Now, the rabbi said, "Sin speech is slightly similar to God's speech. Why is our speech slightly similar to God's speech? Because God's speech creates, our, our speech can also create. Because speech, speech, because of its tangible physical nature, could trigger and lead into a full-fledged, physical activity, therefore our speech is sem- semi-like Hashem's speech. And since Hashem rested from creating, we, re- the rabbis came along and said we should also rest from speech. Thought, however, isn't at all similar to Hashem's thoughts. Because in Hashem's thoughts, He mamish can create a tree, a sky, a mountain, uh, uh, whatever. Uh, Hashem can create anything just with thought. And He literally does create through thought. We don't create anything through thought. That's what's interesting. The Possek says, My thoughts are not your thoughts. It doesn't say so. Why? Because speech, there's a certain similarity. Our speech could, to a certain degree, create. It, it's the beginning of a creation. In, in thought, we don't create anything, God does create in thought. So now, and that's why there's no prohibition. However, if someone is a chassid, which means, yes, there is no relationship between your action and God's action on the level of thought, between the effects. But still, since you want to be emulate Hashem, you want to keep Shabbos the same way like Hashem is keeping Shabbos. So you want to really, truly emulate Hashem. Hashem is not thinking anything. Other than in right? Hashem is not thinking about creating the world You too don't think business But that's there's nothing to do with the effect Because there's no similarity between your thought It's only to do with a certain emulation And that's the idea That's how we understand it Now let's just go one step A little deeper into all of this And we'll be done Mamish in three minutes And here's, here's just one, 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 one deeper idea And that is like this these three levels of shmirah Shabbos, of keeping Shabbos, keeping Shabbos in action, keeping Shabbos by refraining from speech, which was rabbinic, and keeping and being a chassid, really, really depends on the relationship which you have with Hashem and therefore in which level of the, of, of the divine reality you're connecting to. You see, when Hashem creates the world, Hashem is true. Really, creation exists on three levels. There is one level of creation where Hashem is actually not just thinking the world, not just speaking the world. Hashem is actually making the world. That's called Maise Yadav. Like we say many times, in the Torah it says Maise Yadav. Al Kol Shevach maise That means there is such a thing called Asiya when Hashem makes an Asiya. What is it? And Hashem also, as we said before. There is a level where God makes the world There is a level where God speaks the world And there is a level where Hashem is thinking the world Depending on our sensitivity And our level of commitment and devotion to Hashem We are connecting in these various different levels And that's where you keep Shabbos You keep Shabbos depending on which level you are In terms of your relationship and your connection to Hashem So here is an amazing thing the most external level of creation, Hashem imbues His energy into, into the world by making it, by making it means, just like when, when we make something, when we do something, it's totally outside of us that we're doing. I'm building a table. I'm structuring a house. I'm painting a, a room. It's to- and you can walk away from it and you're not there at all. It exists totally outside of you. So too God does that. He creates a world and gives the world, so to speak, an autonomous, independent existence. Yes, we know that his energy is deeply concealed and hidden in it all the time to create it, but for your all practical purposes, it's as if created it, God created something totally outside of him. The recipient of this level of consciousness, one that is living in this state of mind, sees his or her life as a total independent reality from God. doesn't mean they don't believe in Hashem. They believe in Hashem. And they obey all the commandments And are good Jews But are good Jews meaning to say What does that mean? They're good Jews They do what they're told Because they know God is the boss God after all did create And for sure he can come back And mess with the world If he needs to And therefore I must But My life is my life My ambitions in my life Are my own success I am here to strive To be all that I can be To make the most of myself That's my life That's who I am I believe that there is a God Who enabled all of this Very good If you're in that state of mind Then it, you, by acknowledging God as a Jew And that God is the creator of heaven and earth Then you're connecting to God's Asiyah And then how the, and what did Hashem do on Shabbos? He stopped doing the world Making the world So what else? So what does this person have to do? Same thing Stop doing business on Shabbos Are they allowed to speak business? Yes Now in, in, in concept It doesn't mean that halacha, That they're exempt from the halacha Of not speaking on Shabbos But in concept This type of person Who's living in this mindset In this world Would technically That's why the, 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 the Torah Does not prohibit doing speaking business Because for the plain simple person Who lives as a complete total creation This is enough You don't have to do anything more When the rabbis come Think about what the rabbis have done. The rabbis have created so many laws and laws and so many extra precautions and precautions and precautions more and more. And it's explained in the Chassidus why were the rabbis so fanatical? So involved in being careful. Don't do this because you might do that, or don't do that. Come on, relax, chill. Let me live my life. And the answer is if I'm looking not, if I'm living my life not just to be But I want to be in a relationship with my creator I want to bond with my creator Then I'm worried, I'm concerned that I upset him You know when you really, really want to be in a relationship with someone You're so concerned Sometimes if you said something to them And then you wonder, maybe, did they take it wrong? Did they, you know, because you're worried You don't want to violate, you don't want to upset them Because you want to be in a relationship See, the rabbis were instructing us in a much deeper Judaism where well, your Judaism is not just, you know, not to violate any laws, as long as I'm not breaking the world and destroying it, I'm good. That's not that. There's a question of you are bonding, you're connecting. You feel that there is, you're living your life and, and knowing that there is God and there is me and I want to connect, I want to be in a relationship with Him. And my life is all about, I, I, as a creation, I was created with an opportunity to bond with my Creator, not to mind my own business and not break the laws. But to be in a relationship with my creator. That's why the rabbis came and gave all the laws of the rabbis. It's all because of their sensitivity in the relationship. That, when a person is living in that mindset, guess what? They're connecting to a deeper level in creation. Because in a deeper level of creation, God is not making the world. God is speaking the world. What does that mean? Hear very closely. That means God is telling a story every all of reality the world that you see every single day your life your family your children your business your community your, the entire reality you're in is what god speaking and telling a story and you are listening tasha you're it's it's a communication that's going on then creation is not an action again an action he can go away this sort of has its own independent important importance its own existence to, to speak to someone means that, you're, that, that you're, you're, you're in a constant state of attachment. You're having a conversation with someone. If life is a conversation with God, that means you're seeking the relationship, you're seeking the intimacy, then you're not connecting to the most external part of Asiya. you're connecting to the Ebershter's dibor, to the Ebershter's speech. If you're connecting to the Ebershter's speech, so when Shabbos comes, And that's what, again, that's what rabbinic law, rabbinic law is higher than biblical law. Biblical law is the bottom, the basic. Basic is God created you, don't break. Respect the idea that God created you. Rabbinic law says come in deeper, let's communicate with God, let's have a relationship with God. That's why we're concerned and worried not to break anything because I want to be in a relationship. That puts us in tune with a deeper dimension of, of creation where Hashem is literally speaking the world in existence. Comes Shabbos, what does Hashem do? Hashem stops speaking. If Hashem stops speaking on Shabbos, what else, what do we do to simulate that? We also stop speaking business. But then there is a deeper level of creation where Hashem is not even communicating anything outside of him. All of creation is taking place inside God, and there's nothing but Him. That's the deepest level of creation, where creation is just a thought inside the mind of the thinker. And that's true. There's a deeper dimension. Now, who lives in that reality? That is That it's not someone, obviously not someone who's living their life, and God is like this distant reality that sometimes encroaches and messes with my life and doesn't let me live. But, I, but after all, he's God. Obviously not that. Even deeper than that. Someone who's, someone who's seeking a relationship and to bond with Hashem, he's seeking dveikos and a combination and to be a connection to God. That's higher, that's deeper, but still, there's still you are you and God is God and, and, and what? I want, I want to be connected to this amazing being called Hashem. But there's something much, much deeper than that where a person has been Moser Nefesh's entire existence and has no other identity but Hashem. My life is you, God. That's a chassid. Eizahu is <laughs> chassidim kono. Who is a chassid? Someone who does kindness with his creator. Which means he, he, he or she are totally identityless. Their entire being in this world is just to express godliness. These are big tzaddikim. There's no other business in their life. It's not that they're seeking a relationship. There's not, it's not like them and Hashem. There's nothing but Hashem. And therefore their entire life is a complete continuum of total of godliness. There's nothing independent. These people are tuned in with a deeper dimension of existence. They're living in a different frequency. They're living in a world, their world is a world that's inside God. And since Hashem is thinking, meaning they're in Hashem's thoughts, and to them creation is taking place on thought, on the level of thought, Hashem is thinking them all the time. Not just Shabbos. All the time. That's where they're plugging in. Comes Shabbos. They're sensitive to the fact that Hashem stops thinking. So what does the Chassid do on Shabbos? He too completely detached. He or she completely detaches themselves from any kind of thinking of business and they're just completely elevated into the pure godly state of oneness with Hashem. So we have three levels Of sanctifying the day of Shabbos And it's it's up to us In which dimension we want to exist Obviously we're coming to the time of Mashiach Where all of us will experience The Shabbos of thought The deepest highest Shabbos We ought to prepare ourselves a little bit By elevating our lives at least on Shabbos To try as much as we can To completely disconnect on Shabbos And to devote ourselves totally on Shabbos To spiritual pursuits So that we that we're, so on Shabbos, we're on the, we're, 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 we get the full power of Shabbos in terms of us becoming completely unified with God to the point that we don't even exist. We are part of the infinite in Shabbos. Can you imagine what kind of recharge that is? If you're on Shabbos, you go back into the pure pool of the ain't Sof. It's healing. Physically, it's healing. It'll remove any anything lacking in your life because you're replenishing yourself with the infinite. Because the thought is going back into the pre-thought, and then you're, you're, you and Hashem are totally one. We have the ability to be there every Shabbos. So it's true that up till now only the very high Hasidim can be on that level. But as we are getting right closer to Mashiach, and when Mashiach comes, we're all going to live a higher existence. We can start practicing right now and living in that higher, deeper Shabbos. May we merit to experience Yom Shakulay Shabbos.
1: let